Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Father, we just lift up our voice. We lift up our hands to honor you. We honor the Lamb of God this morning. We worship you with our lips. Father, we let the fruit of our lips as we give praise and honor to your holy name. We're so grateful today that the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world, that he gave of himself so that we could be made righteous, we could be made holy. He became sin who knew no sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So we're so grateful today, Father, that we can be called sons or daughters. So as we come together today to worship you as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, Father, we thank you that everything that we need has already been provided through Christ Jesus. It's already done. It's already finished. It's already completed. So we give you honor and glory and praise in advance. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Well, if you hadn't had a chance to greet somebody, go ahead and do so now. Give them a holy hug. Amen. Well, I tell you that all the songs were good this morning, but that second song, I believe it was, says, Surely, goodness and mercy. Amen. They follow me all the, all the days of our life, and his goodness is chasing us. It's chasing us. Did you know God's chasing you with his goodness this morning? I said, did, did you hear me today? Did you know God is chasing you with his goodness today? That means that when we wake up, goodness is chasing us. Amen. When we go to work, goodness is chasing us all the way to work. Amen. We go take a lunch break. Goodness is right there. You say, well, you don't know what I did today. I don't, you know, I don't think scripture said anything about what we did, whether the goodness of God was going to be chasing us. You know, the scripture says that God causes the rain to do what? To fall on the just and the unjust. Amen. I went to the cleaners yesterday just to pick up a shirt and I wound up staying there for an hour and a half. I just went, <laughs> I just went in to pick up my dry cleaning. But you know, everywhere that we go, if we're aware and we're uh, conscious of the Holy Spirit and the love that he has for people, then we're willing to talk. Amen. We're willing to minister. We're willing to bless. And while I was at the cleaners, uh, I was able to share with the goodness of God with, with somebody and, and tell them the, just what we say, that the goodness of God is chasing you everywhere that you go. They gave me a testimony of how uh, a few years ago that they had just decided to end it. And they uh, got on the four-wheeler they had and they had a 12-gauge pump. They said they loaded it. Had uh, some... Uh, cocaine and some other items with them. They, they loaded up the shotgun, had the, the drugs with them. They went out to this particular place where they used to go and, and, and did the drugs, drank some alcohol, and he said he had the 12-gauge in his mouth. And he said he heard, he said, my God, he said, I don't know the God that you serve, but he said some certain things to him the way he could understand it. And I'm not going to use the word that he said that his God used, but I know God is a God of love. And he spoke something to that man, and he said, if you do that, you're a selfish person. He used some different words, but that's just the way he could interpret it. But you know, what I was able to do there is I was able to share the goodness of God with him. I said, look, God's not mad at you today. It doesn't matter what you did. I walked over to his truck. We were standing there. He had an open container in the cup holder in his truck. You know, and people say, oh, well, you know, how could God bless that? How could God, you know, how could God be after him? But I want to tell you, God is chasing us with his goodness and mercy everywhere that we go. Do you hear me today? But how does God get his grace? And his goodness and mercy to others is through us. Amen. Amen. If you speak it, if you share it, if you touch, if you bless, if you smile. Amen. Amen. 
So we have to be aware. We have to be ready and willing and able to be used by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Well, we welcome you today to Grace Life Church. As you can see, we've got a few people that are absent. The weather, uh, uh, Brother Keith, he's uh, when the weather calls, he has to go. So he's there today working. We've got some other people out. Pastor and, and uh, Pastor Eric and Pastor Michelle are supporting uh, a new work that started there on the board of uh, Pastor Randy Green and Mary Green. I believe it's Restoration Church is the name of the church. They'll be launching in Oxford, Alabama. Already launched, actually. They're uh, meeting, I believe, in Pell City until a, a, a facility next week is going to be open in Oxford. So we're excited about what God's doing there and, and so glad that we can be a part of what God's doing there. Amen. Let's pray today before we open the, the word. I tell you, God's stirring some things in my heart about uh, 2020 and uh, he's got some good things for us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness, for your grace, your mercy. Father, we thank you as we open your word today that it, the word is anointed. It, the word teaches us, reveals to us. It contains revelation knowledge. So Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. So we yield ourselves to you today to come to teach through me. Father, bring revelation knowledge so that illumination comes so that we see clearly of who we are, of what we've been called to do, of our purpose in the earth today, of what you've called us to do as, as a church and as an individual in 2020. Because we truly are your hands and feet. We truly are the body of Christ in the earth. And you're counting on us. You're depending upon us. You entrusted all that you are into us. So we don't take that task lightly. But Father, today we thank you that we'll be changed from glory to glory, that we'll see clearly than ever before, Father, about what that purpose is. We give you honor and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles with you today, then go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, this time of year, most people, uh, ministers, pastors, preachers, evangelists, a lot of times they speak on vision. And it's, you know, it's a good time of year, year to do that because it's, it's starting something new. Amen. It's a new year. It's a new time to think different, to, to, to set new goals, to set, uh, you know, to kind of reassess your dreams and, and, and where you're heading. But I'm going to talk some, about something a little bit different. It's about purpose. But you see, you can't have purpose without clear vision. But I want us to know today that every, every one of you here has a particular purpose from God. When you were created and formed in your mother's womb, right? The scripture tells us that he created us and formed us unique. Each one of us has a different thumbprint. Now there's almost 7 billion, a little over 7 billion people in the world today. And can you imagine there's 7 billion different thumbprints in the world? Now tell me there's not a God. How can you make 7 billion thumbprints that are different? And I mean, every one of them is unique. We got unique personalities, unique callings, unique giftings. There's people that Miss Michelle could reach that I could ever reach. There's people that I could reach that she couldn't reach. There's, there, there's giftings that God's placed in them that, that, that Miss Pam has a, a different gifting. You see what I'm saying? We're all part of the body, but we're made up to complete the body. Amen. But it's so important that we walk in that function and walk in, in what we've been called to do and what our purpose is because we are his body. See, and if one part is lacking, you know, uh, I, I've told you a story before when I was a kid, I uh, had some friends over one time. We were we were wrestling in the house. I know none of you never, you know, y'all never done that. But we were wrestling in the house, and and uh, I decided I was going to body slam this friend of mine. You know, we, we were, I mean, we were all out. I mean, we we had pillows set up. You know, made a ring in the living room and everything. Man, we had some music going, and uh, you know, we would come out like Hulk Hogan and and you know, whoever were Randy Savage, whoever it was. You know, we came out and I picked him up, and we came down, and the couch broke. 
And I said, oh, man, what, you know, what am I going to do now? Mom is going to be home from work in about an hour. I've got to get this fixed. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, what am I going to do? The, the board in the front of the couch is just cracked all the way down and sagging in the middle. So I get real smart, and I go out and get some bricks. And I come in, you know, and the couch had a skirt around the bottom, so I raise up the skirt, put two bricks under it. I said, oh, man, that's, that looks good. She'll never know. Well, about two days later, and about 1230 in the morning, I hear somebody, ah, ah, <laughs> and as my mother screaming, I ran in the living room. She's laid down on the couch holding her foot where she walked through the living room and kicked her pinky toe on the brick and, and broke her toe. And then I had to tell her the whole story. You know, it's, I, I couldn't hide it. Most of the time when you hide something, it's going to come out, right? I mean, you might, as well, <laughs> you might as well just know it. I know we all have stories in here as children that we did something like that and it came out. But she broke that toe and there was for, for weeks that she walked a little different. She hobbled around. And then me, being the nice uh, young man, child that I was, never got in any trouble, never did anything wrong. You know, about a week after the doctor told her it was broke, I come up to give her a hug in the kitchen one day. And by the time of I was about 14 years old, I was wearing a 15 shoe, high top shoe. So I come into the kitchen, give her a hug, being nice, and that 15 shoe steps right back on that, on that pinky toe and, uh, and, you know, and messes up again. <laughs> so she didn't appreciate that too much. But my point to that is this, is that each part matters. You know, you think something that's small, like a, a pinky toe or, or, or whatever it may be, or eyelid or whatever it is, you know, you think certain things like that wouldn't matter, but every part matters. The, the, I believe it's in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 where it talks about the different parts of the body. You know, you, you, the head doesn't say to the foot that I don't need you, or the eye wouldn't say to the ear that I don't need you. Each part works together and functions together to do what? To carry out a purpose. And that's the reason that, that, that it's so important as a body of Christ that we know our purpose, not just as a church, not just as a body of Christ as a whole, but as an individual. Amen. And as we walk out that purpose as an individual, it comes together and it makes a beautiful harmony. Amen. And, and, and it comes together and it, it brings the purpose and, and, and the, the reason that Jesus came and died. See, he's entrusted that to us. And it's all entangled and all put together in and wrapped up in our purpose of what he's called us to do in our destiny on this earth. And each one of us has one. And you say, well, I'm not called to be a preacher. I'm not talking about being a preacher. I'm talking about occupying. Do you hear me today? The scripture tells us to occupy until I come. So no matter what we do in this earth, it could be a teacher, a bus driver, a lawyer. Amen. Lawyers need help. Uh, you know, it could be a coach. It could be a, 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 a homemaker, a mom that stays at home. No matter what it is, in the place that God has called us to be, it's so important that we see that purpose and walk out that purpose and know that we're salt and light in the place that God's planted us. Amen. And if we know what the purpose is, then it'll change the attitude about what we do. It'll change our attitude when we come into work. It'll change our attitude about everything uh, that we do in that day because it's attached to purpose. But if there's no purpose, then there's no hope. And if there's no hope, there's no motivation. If there's no motivation, then people just go through life and walk through life and they just kind of aimlessly go through and I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's what happens. But see, in the world, the world is a dark place. People have no hope. There's a lot of people that are walking and living in this world. They don't even know why they exist. And that's the reason they turn to all these other substances and things because they're trying to fill a, a void or a place that's in them that only can be fulfilled by their destiny and purpose. They've been created in Christ. Their creator made them. And when he made them, he put a, 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 just like that fingerprint we talked about is something specific just for them. Amen. Amen. And see, God's goodness and mercy is not running from them or staying away from them. It's running after them. And attached to that goodness and mercy is the purpose that belongs to that person. 
And the gentleman I was talking to at the, at the dry cleaner said he didn't understand that. He thought I'd made too many mistakes. I thought I'd missed it too many times. I thought, you know, uh, that God is waiting to get me and he's out with a big stick just waiting for me to mess up again so that he can teach me a lesson and cause this to happen and that to happen. See, but that's not the case. He's running after him. Amen. His goodness and his grace and his mercy. Amen. But we have to allow that to flow through us to someone else because we are the body. Amen. Hallelujah. If you, had, if you haven't found 1 Corinthians 3, you won't ever find it. I gave you plenty of time to find it there. Amen. I'm going to cover just a few things. I'm going to try to stick close to my notes because we've got a lot to cover. But there's so many people that are living, I've already mentioned this, they're living the, with no sense of purpose and no direction. They're running a race that has no prize. Think about that just a minute. You know, when people prepare in the Olympics or whatever it is, a, a race, then they're, they're training, they're doing things for what? For a prize, there's a reason or a purpose. But there's people running the race of life and there's not even a prize in front of them. There's not even a motivation or direction for them to be doing what they're doing. And that's, that's a miserable place to live. We can all name people. Maybe we've been there. Ourselves. I've been there before. Going to work. Why are you going to work? I don't know. Just we got to pay the bills. You know, paying the bills is a, is a sad reason to do what we do every day. Did y'all hear me? Just, just doing something to pay the bills is a sad reason to do it. Now you say, well, I, you know, that's what I've got to do. Right? Well, I understand what you're saying to me, and because I've been in the same place, I felt the same feelings that, that many of you have felt. But while we're doing those things, see, there's, a, there's an underlying purpose. And it may be for a season. It may be for a time. See, there's training ground. There's, there's preparation time. We don't just always start out, you know, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'm going to use it anyway. Joseph, he was in prison for over 13 years. And he went to prison for something that he didn't even do. Now think about that for a moment. Say la, you know, think about that for a few minutes. He spent 13 years in the prison of something that he didn't even do. He didn't even commit the wrong. But while he was there, everything and every job and every task that was presented to him, he did it with all of his might. He did it with a good heart, a good attitude as if it was unto the Lord. See, and God promoted him because he knew he had purpose. He knew he had purpose. So how do we approach our daily lives? Are we running a race that has no prize or do we understand that there is a prize? See, people find themselves way over in another place that they didn't know how they got there. They look back and say, how did I wind up over here? Well, we were talking this morning or last night, I believe it was, about how many years we lived in the home that we're in. I can't, I can't believe the, the, the years that we've been there already. It seemed like it just passed like that. And we've been there 12 years. And, uh, and I think Grace was one years old. She's 13 now, almost 14. And I can't believe how quick the years have passed. But see, time passes and we look back sometimes and we think, well, how do we... What are we doing here? Why am I not in a different place? You ever thought that before? Am I just talking to myself? Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. No, we've had those thoughts. Amen. Thought we'd be in a different place. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of the children of Israel. They walked and wandered through the desert for how many years? Forty years. And most theologians say it was about a three to ten day journey to the promised land. But they wandered for 40 years when God could have just got them to where they needed to go Uh with a matter of, of, of days. Uh, I've used this example before, but it's so good I'm going to use it again. How many ever uh, uh, watched Charlie Brown on TV or maybe looked at it in the newspaper, Peanuts, the uh, little cartoon? I should have cut it out. I didn't cut it out and, and didn't keep it. I wish I would have. If you ever see it, find it, get it, get, make a copy of it, give it to me. But one day Charlie Brown was out uh, and he was shooting a bow and arrow. He was out in the yard with Lucy and there was a picket fence over there. So he was shooting a bow and arrow. So he Pulled back and he shot his arrow, hit the picket fence. And then Charlie Brown walks up with a can of spray paint and he paints a, paints a bullseye around the, the arrow <laughs> where it hit. 
See, he didn't have anything he was really aiming at. He just shot the arrow, and he went and made his own bullseye with his spray paint. See, he was just kind of shooting aimlessly. And that's where a lot of people live. Sometimes that happens to us as believers, as Christians, as, we, as time passes, five, ten, even 15 years go by sometimes, and we didn't really, you know, if we look back and, and evaluate, what did we really accomplish for the kingdom? Amen. I'm not getting on anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to me. Amen. I'm preaching to, to myself. Amen. We have to evaluate. We have to think in, in 2020, what's our, what's our purpose? What's our vision? What are, we, what are we called to do? What are we doing deliberately on a daily basis to fulfill that purpose for the kingdom of God? And you, and you may be here today and say, well, I don't really know my purpose. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about that too before the day is over because we do have a purpose. And there's certain things about the purpose for every person that's evident. You don't even have to search for it. It's already right here in the scripture. You don't even have to go wonder. You don't even have to pray. You don't have to even, even search or even ask. You just need to read. There's two segments of it that we can know for sure what that purpose is. And when we begin to walk out those two segments and those two places, then the other pieces will, will come in. Amen. I know Pastor Eric's used this example many times, and he talks about an old truck, uh, like an old standard shift truck, no, you know, with none, with no, uh, what is it, power steering? <laughs> when we first got married, well, were we married yet? Or just, I think we were dating. Yeah, we, were, we got married at 17. She was 16 and just got a car, and her dad played a trick on her. So he, he, he told her, he said, well, we got your old gray Ford. And uh, she hadn't seen it yet. said it would be sitting in the, parking lot, in the driveway when you get home. Well, we come home one day, and sure enough, there's a gray Ford in the driveway, but it was about a 50, 55, 54, somewhere in there, Ford. And she had a good attitude about it. She was like, well, you know, we can restore it. You know, we, we can have us a classic car. We can restore it one day. She didn't have a bad attitude about it. And I said, well, do you want to drive it? She said, well, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, I guess we'll go drive it. So we go out. She gets in the driver's seat. I sit over in the passenger. I'm looking around, you know, open the glove box and the bird nest falls out. I look in the back seat and it's completely turned upside down. Just trash everywhere. I mean, it was just dirty. It was just an old car. Well, she turns the key on and, and she's going to make sure it's in park to try to crank it. And I said, you, you don't know. No, you can't do it that way. Well, here's the, here's the, this is where you put it in park. I said, no, no, no. The gears are on the column and it's got a, you see that other pedal over there? It's got a, a clutch. See, but she was confused because she's used to driving an automatic. So she tried. I let her try a few times, and she'd crank it and start to go dead, you know. And then finally I got over and cranked it up and drove. Well, then when I back out of the driveway, I hit the brakes, and there, there's no brakes. So I'm rolling out of the driveway. I roll right out into the highway, to the road, roll down the road a little piece, and I'm looking like, okay, what am I going to do now? So I just roll back up into the neighbor's yard. And, uh, but her parents never imagined that we would try and do all that. You know, they just, you know, they're just playing a, playing a trick on her. They never imagined that we would actually try something crazy like that, but we did. Hallelujah. And there was a reason I told you that story, and I don't know what it was, but you know she had a gray, you know she had a gray Ford uh, car, 54 model. You're supposed to help me out right there and tell me where I was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you. So that's the reason God put us together. What I was talking about was is that power steering it didn't have any see but when I got it backing up and rolling out then it got to moving and it was easier to turn that's, a, that's a, the example the pastor uses a lot when you have a truck that doesn't have power steering and it's sitting still and you try to turn that wheel it's, not, it's, it's hard to move I mean you got to put some muscle in it but if you get it moving it makes it easier you get it rolling and that's the way our purpose is in the kingdom of God if we just sit still if we just wonder what it is all the time and you know why is God not revealing to and show me and why is this not happening like I think it ought to happen 
then see, we're not ever really going to know. We're not ever really going to step into that. But if we'll get moving, you know, the scripture tells us in the Great Commission to go. Thank God T.L. Osborne didn't wait till, till, till some special anointing came on him. He didn't wait till God appeared in a vision and said to go into all the world. He just said, no, I read it and said, go. And I just went. The first place that he believed the Lord told him to go was India. So he went to India and he spent years, I mean, invested years and years of his life in India. Well, then there, something happened in India and, uh, and uh, he got blacklisted from India. He couldn't go back to India. I mean, they wouldn't allow him into the country. If he tried to go in, they, he would get arrested. He got blacklisted. Well, I mean, well, I guess God changed his mind. I guess God was wrong. I guess all those years he invested in India was for nothing. So he must might as well quit and go home. Is that what he thought? No, what did he do? He went to Africa. See, because God said go. And he just got up and went. So if we get into action, if we get into motion and don't just sit still and wait and wonder, then what happens is the pieces begin to come into order. The details will begin to come to us as we go, as we get into motion. And, 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 and the, what I'm talking about is it just being what God called us to be. And that's a Christian. That's a believer. Amen. It's Jesus in the earth. That's what he's called us to be. Amen. All right. Now I'm going to give you the definition real quickly of purpose. The, the definition of purpose is the reason uh, for which something is done or created or for which something exists. The purpose of something or something is the reason that something was done or the reason that something was created or the, the reason that something exists. That's what our purpose is. Why do we exist? Why were, were we created? Was it just to take up space? Was it just to, to breathe air? Was it just to live and to die? No. God has a specific purpose and plan for every person that's been born. We all know that many celebrities you know, have everything that the world has to offer. They have the money, the fame, the houses, the cars, everything that the world seems to want and be after, but they have no, they have no purpose. They have no fulfillment. They still don't have peace. The only living uh, 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 purpose that I created, created for us, will bring fulfillment. The, the, the only thing that will, will, will fulfill us is, is what he called us, the purpose that he put on the inside of us while we were still in our mother's womb. In fact, I'm going to read that to you. It's Jeremiah uh, 1 verse 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And you say, well, that's talking about Jeremiah. No, it's also talking about us. Amen. This was in the Old Testament looking to the cross. We're living... In this day, the age and dispensation of grace on the other side of the cross, amen, we're not just trying to, to, to come into relationship with Jesus. No, we're born again. He lives on the inside of us. We're his children. We're his sons and daughters, amen? So this is, is speaking to us. He said, before I even formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations, amen? We all know this passage in Jeremiah 29, 11 that says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Everybody say, I have a future. I have a future. Amen. It doesn't matter if you're 12, year old, 12 years old or 90 years old. We have a hope and we have a future. And every day that we wake up and we, our foot hits the floor, we have a purpose for that day. Glory to God. Amen. So it'll change your mindset of, of how you think. It'll change your attitude. Of how you look at look at things. I remember uh, John Maxwell tells a story about about the attitude. It's just uh, he's an awesome teacher on on attitude. And he said this old man one day he woke up from a nap. He had been sleeping in the house, and uh, and his uh, grandson had played a trick on him. I'm probably gonna get the story backwards, but he took a nap into the house, and he had this huge mustache, kind of like a handlebar mustache, came down, you know, and he twisted on the ends. And uh, and his grandson came in and played a trick, but he woke up and he's like, 
he smelled around. He's like, man, this, this house stinks. You know, he's like, man, there's something dead in here. You know, he's checking the trash, looking at the things, you know. And he walks in another room. He said, man, this room stinks too. And he, got, he walked on through another room and he said, man, this whole house stinks. And then he, he opened the back door, stepped out on the porch, and he, walked, he said, my goodness, he said, the whole world stinks. And what he didn't realize, his grandson had put some, uh, what do you call it, Limburger cheese, and he had rubbed it all in his mustache, you know, and he didn't know, it, and it was all in there. So no matter where he went, it was the same smell. Everything, you know, everything stunk. Well, he's talking about the attitude. See, people that have a bad attitude, just every, everything stinks. Everything's, you know, got a problem with it. They look for the negative in everything. Oh, that's not going to work because of this. Oh, you can't do that. Why even try it? You, we all know people that way. Man, I mean, they, before they even get started, they already know how it's not going to work and how you're going to mess up and how you're wasting your time and your money. Right? We know people that way. Maybe we've been that way before. We can repent and change. Amen. But it's a, it's a change of mindset. Changes our attitude. It may be something that we don't like. I've been there. Man, I've had jobs that I could not stand to go to in the flesh. I didn't like my boss. I didn't like what they did to me when I got there. I didn't like the people I had to deal with when I got to the job. But I knew I was there for a reason and a purpose, and it was temporary. And I'm telling you what, I learned things on that job, dealing with people and talking to people that I'm using today, and it's, and it's contributed to my success today. And God was preparing me and getting me ready for the things that I'm doing today. But see, it's all about attitude. It's about the way that we approach it and see it. But we, we, we've got a choice. God's not going to make us have a good attitude, but it's about a decision and a choice that we have and knowing that it's just part of the journey, it's part of the purpose and part of the fulfillment of what he's called us to do. Amen? Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 3. Many of you know this quote before I read it. I'm gonna, I want to make this quote. It's a familiar quote that you've heard, but uh, the quote goes like, it, like this. It says, uh, the richest places on the earth are the graveyards. Why? Because of the songs that were never sung, books that were never written, businesses that were never built, families that were never started, ministries that were never launched, dreams that were never lived and fulfilled, and they went to their grave before they fulfilled them. And, and, and that's the reason that they say what they do in that quote is because they never stepped out because they didn't know they had purpose. They didn't know where to, where to begin. But we don't have to allow that to happen. Amen. We have purpose. We have direction. Glory to God. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians. He said, and I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Now yet, now are you able? For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while I was for while one saith I'm with Paul and another I'm with Apollos, are you not carnal? See here they, they were they were taking sides. One saying, Well, I'm with Paul, and other says I'm I'm with Apollos. <laughs> they were they were wanting to take sides. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom he believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Verse six, I have planted and Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth gives the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. One translation said they're of one purpose, of one mind, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, for we are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, I am a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. 
For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. So see, infants are, are carnal. Then you say, well, that's kind of mean to, to call a baby carnal. No, the reason that they're carnal is because it's all about them, right? It's all about when am I going to eat? When are you going to change my diaper? When are you going to hold me? And they cry to get something done. What do they do? They cry to get it done, right? Infants can't even speak, so that's the way that they communicate. They're carnal. It's all about me, 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 me. But see, when we grow up as believers, when we grow up as Christians, it's, it, it's got to change somewhere along the line. It's not all about me. It's not all about mine, but it's about someone else. Amen. It's about the interest, interest of Jesus. It's about the interest of our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit that lives on inside of us. What is he saying today? Amen. Amen. Not about what I want today. Hallelujah. Because we're, grow, we're growing up in the things of God. We're not babies. And that's what Paul was trying to, was trying to relate to him here. See, some people are self-promoting. That's what they were doing here. They were trying to promote their own interest. Amen. See, God wants to know what the motives of the heart is. There's a lot of people today that want to be promoted. They want to, they want to get a job promotion. They want to get, uh, you know, they say, well, why can't I have a business like that? Or why can't I have a ministry like that? Or why can't I make the type of money that this person is making? Or why can't I have the home that this particular person has? And they want to self-promote themselves. Uh, but God's looking at the motives of the heart. You know, wh why do they want to have that? See, we, we, it's easy to look at the outside and and. and and make judgment calls and, and, and think certain things, but what about the heart? Amen. Uh, verse 10 in the Amplified, I want to I bring this point out to you. Verse 10 in the Amplified, it says, Grace was bestowed upon me. This is Paul speaking here. Paul had a grace attached to his assignment and purpose. And what is grace? We know this grace is God's ability working on our behalf. It's, it's the ability of God to do things for us that we can't do. So what Paul is trying to tell us here is that attached to that assignment, attached to that purpose, is there an ability, there's a grace attached to that. So when we begin to walk in that, in that assignment, we begin to walk in that purpose, then there's the ability of God begins to manifest for us to do that particular assignment. We don't do it, we don't have to do it in our ability. We're not even called to do it in our ability. We can't even be a Christian, uh, live the Christian life in our ability. Amen? We do it by the grace of God. So Paul said that there's a grace according to my assignment. It's attached to me. Glory to God. It's attached to my assignment. It's attached to my purpose. It's God's ability working on my behalf. And we have a grace to attach to our assignment. We have a grace to be a husband. If you're a husband, there's a grace to do that. Amen. If you're a wife, there's a grace to be a wife, to be a father, to be a mother. Amen. For our purpose in the kingdom. Amen. And if we're not yielding to that grace, if we're not dependent upon that grace, then we're going to wind up being frustrated. We're going to wind up being aggravated. Because we're not walking in the grace. You know, I, I like the scripture. I believe it's in the message translation. It talks about the unforced rhythms of grace. See, when we're walking out our purpose and destiny, does it mean it's always going to be easy? No, I'm not saying that. Does it always mean that it's going to be a bed of roses? No, I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. But there's a the grace and ability to accomplish and get the job done. And in the middle of that, on the inside, there'll be a peace. There'll be a fulfillment. There'll be a knowing. There'll be an ability to walk through it. Amen. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't get delivered from the fire but they were delivered in the fire. Amen. They walked through the middle of the fire and when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. See, we want to just be delivered out of the fire. We, we want to be delivered and be able to walk around it. 
I don't want to go through that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to work at that place. I don't want to come in and look at that boss again another day. <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk to that person face to face again. I don't want to do that. But see, for a period of time or for a season, that may be where God has planted us and where he wants us to be soft and light and to occupy and to be his representation of this earth because we're a kingdom. Uh, see, the, the, the word occupy means to, to, to represent the kingdom. Amen. Occupy means to, 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 to own to, to, to build, to take up residence. Amen. And God wants his body, his children to occupy, to own, to build, to set up residence, to be a, a, a light in darkness. Amen. I saw a stat the other day that I believe it was, uh, who was the dictator that was in Libya? What was his name? Gaddafi? Did I say it right? You know, he made a statement about uh, the Muslim religion. He said that, uh, he said, I had a dream and a vision he said that the Muslim religion will take over the entire world without ever shooting one bullet. Without ever shooting one, one, one single bullet. And the way that he did it, he was talking about the, uh, occupying. Amen. And a population of, of different religions are moving into the U.S., they're moving into Europe, they're moving to different places, and they're occupying and taking over. We love all people. Amen. I'm not, I'm not against any particular person, but what I'm saying is, is this, as Christians, as believers, we're to occupy. And we live in the U.S. Of, of A. Amen. We're here. But what are we doing to occupy and be a light while we're here? Because all around us, there's darkness that's, that's moving in. Amen. There's other forces and other religions and other influences that are moving in. They're, they're coming. Uh, the, I'm telling you, there's places in Europe that I've seen videos of that you can't even ride down the street and even... Well, I know I have to watch what I say, but uh, I mean, there's people to be assaulted for even even mentioning the name of God in certain places in Europe because of a particular neighborhood or the name of Jesus, I should say, because of a particular neighborhood that they're in and the influence of a particular religion that's in that neighborhood because they're occupying. And that's the vision he said he had that, that they would not need to shoot a single bullet, but they would do it through occupying. Amen. So what are we to do? We, we're here. But are we occupying? Are we setting up uh, residence, not just in the physical form of a house or, or your address, but are we allowing the light of who we are and the goodness of who God is to shine forth into a place of darkness? Amen. There's a grace. Everybody say grace. There's a grace to do it. And there's a supply also. We don't have time to do it. If you're making notes, uh, jot this down to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. I'm, I'm actually going to go there because I want to quote one, one part of it. You can just listen because we're going to go right on to another place. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. There's not only a uh, grace attached, but there's also a supply. In that grace, there's also a, a, a material supply. Did you hear me today? Verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 in the Amplified Version, it says, God is able to make all grace. Everybody say grace. Favor, earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Now, wait just a minute. I thought God was against earthly possessions. You know, that's what the world says. Oh, God don't want you to have any of these old world's goods, you know. Just uh, that's the amplified version. I don't know if they have it. Yeah, he's got it up there. You know, a lot of people teach it. You know, they don't, God don't want you to have any of these old world's goods, you know. Just, just barely get by and make it. One day, you know, you'll make it to heaven. Well, we know that's a lie. We know that's not in the scripture. Amen. God wants us blessed. And it tells us right here that he's able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to me in abundance. Why? So that we can just live in a big house so that we can just have a nice automobile. We can have fat bank accounts and we can 
you know, lay up fat, rich, and happy? No, that's not why. Not so we can build a bigger barn to put it in. We talked about that a week ago in, during the offering. Not so we can just build a bigger barn and store up more money and more things. No, so that we can be, we can occupy, amen, we can be the body of Christ in the earth and the salt and the light and share the goodness and the mercy that's chasing us down. We can chase somebody else down with it. Amen. Hallelujah. And it tells us right here, every favor and earthly blessing will come to me in abundance that we may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, what? Self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished. That's the word I want to get to. We've been furnished in abundance to every good work and to every charitable donation. Glory to God. Furnished in abundance. Makes me think about an apartment building or, or a, a vacation home you go to and it's furnished. I know the, the Burnett's and, and my family, we go to a particular place, try to go every year. Sometimes we don't make it every year, but usually when we get there, it's furnished, right? We don't need to bring forks and knives and spoons and, and linens. We just need to bring an appetite and, and some, some bait to go fishing. <laughs> Hopefully we catch something that we can cook. Amen. Hopefully uh, Scott's dad goes with us and he does the cooking and we do the catching. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's furnished and it's supplied. We don't, you know, there's only certain things we have to take. Well, see, we've been to, for the purpose and the calling that we have in our life. Amen. That purpose and that destiny, that calling that we have, we've been furnished in abundance. Everything, everything's furnished. Nothing, nothing's missing. Everything is in there. Everything's on the inside of you to do what he's called you to do. Just like we read about Jeremiah. He said, well, I'm just a child. I can't speak. And what did God say? He said, I'll touch your mouth. I'll put the words there. Amen. See, the power's in the gospel. The anointing is in the word of God. All we're to do is just be a, I mean, if he can speak through a donkey, <laughs> I don't even know he can speak through us. He's just looking for a vessel. He's just looking for a tool. See, I'm talking about purpose. And people that have lost their purpose and their hope, I'm telling you, it changes everything. Somebody that's in a battle, in a, in a physical battle, with something physical in their body that they're dealing with, if they don't have any hope or purpose, guess what? It's, it's more than likely they'll lose that battle because they don't have any hope to even live. Talked to another guy at the cleaners yesterday. Before I could get away from the other one, another guy came up, knocked on my door, asked me about my father, and he said, I got a prayer request for you. You got a, a brother that's battling cancer, pancreatic cancer. He said, but we got some good news last week. He said, I went to see him. And uh, the doctor gave him some good news, and he said, the best thing is, is this, that he actually smiled and told me that he wanted to live. He said the week before that, he was telling me he was ready to go. He said, but this week, he's telling me he wants to stay. And he said, I started to encourage him. He said, yeah, we need you. He said, I need you. He said, I want you to, I want you to stay here. He said, God's got this. He, you know, and I encouraged him, shared some scriptures with him, pray for his brother. But see, it's that, that thing about, about purpose, about hope. It's about knowing that God has, a, has put on the, each, on the inside of each and every one of us a reason for being here. Because if we've lost that, I'm telling you, we, it, it, it's just easy to check out. Do you hear me today? Hallelujah. So we have hope, right? Everybody say, I have hope. I have purpose. Glory to God. So attached to that purpose is not just a grace, but it's also a supply. Fully furnished. Glory to God. Fully furnished to every good work. Hallelujah. Now look at verse, uh, did you stay over in uh, 13? I mean, three, 1 Corinthians 3. If you're not, you can go back or they can put it on the board back. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. Did you know you're valuable to the kingdom of God? Amen. You're valuable to the kingdom of God. He's, he's counting on you. He said, well, God can do anything. Well, he limited to what he can do through people. Amen. There again, I used an example the pastor used before. You know, 
you never seen a body walking by and you say, well, there goes a body. And you say, oh, there goes his head. You know, like the body went this way and the head, you know, you don't say if, if you see that, then, uh, you know, cast it out is all I can say. Amen. So they work together. So the head, which is Jesus, is counting on the body, which is us. Amen. He's dependent upon us. He's counting on, on us. We're important to the kingdom of God. No matter what we've done, no matter, no matter who's missed what or what anybody. You know, I heard a testimony from, uh, what's his name? He used to do focus on the family. Or, still, you know, he's retired now, James Dobson. He was able to go to the prison and uh, visit with uh, Ted Bundy. And I don't know if you know anything about his story, but I mean, there's some, uh, some terrible things that that man did. But I want you to know that the grace of God reached in to that man's heart and he was able to receive forgiveness. And, and, and you know, and I know the natural mind said, well, how could God love him? Well, Jesus died for everyone. And James Dobson went back and he went back and he ministered to him and he talked to him and he loved on him and he shared the grace of God with him. And I believe Ted Bundy got born again before he was executed. Amen. So it doesn't matter what a person has done. And I know that's an extreme case, but we're valuable to the kingdom of God. He's counting on us. Now, verse 12 says this, uh, in the Amplified Version, it says, but if anyone builds upon the foundation, whether it be with gold or silver or precious stones, with wood, hay, or stubble, it said the work of each one will become plainly and openly known, shown for what it is. See, it'll be revealed, you know, why are we doing it? See, if we're doing it to fulfill the purpose with the right heart, then what is it? It's, it's like gold and silver and precious stones. But if we're trying to do things for selfish reasons, if we're trying to do it, to, you know, just to fulfill our own interests or what we want to do or for selfish Reasons, it's like wood, hay, and stubble, and those things will be burned up. Amen? You know, people, if they're, if they're born again, they'll go to heaven one day when they die. Yes, when Jesus returns, if they're born again, yes, they're going to make it to heaven. But what this is talking about is the things that we do while we're here, the purpose of why we were created. When we were still in our mother's womb, before we were even there, he knew us, and he put that plan and purpose in there. Then at this particular moment in time, see, it'll be tried by fires, not whether we're going to make it to heaven or not, but the things that we do while we're here. It'll be like gold and silver and precious stones, glory to God. See, that tells me something that's valuable. Gold and silver is valuable. Precious stones are valuable, and that's what we are. The Scripture tells us right here the things that we do represent are represented by those things. Amen. See, people that seek their own interest, those things are just going to be burned up. What does it matter? You know, I heard a story the other day. A lady, uh, as she was 90 years old, she went home to be with the Lord, but she had a, a, a safe in her home, kept it there for years and put money in it and put money in it and put money in it and kept it. And uh, somebody came in, this happened years ago. Uh, I didn't know about it until, until recently, but somebody came in, they knew it was there and she had a, a, a safe that was mounted down into the uh, floor joists of the home. But somebody knew about it. It was down up under the, the floor in the, in the crawl space, but somebody knew about it. And they came in with a sawzall and they cut the thing out and got it out, and she didn't know about it. And there was over $40,000 cash in the safe, and they took it. See? So the things that we, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with, you understand what I'm saying? It takes money to reach people. It takes money to preach the gospel. It takes money to do anything in this world system. And our supply is attached to the purpose. So God's not against the money. It takes the money to get the purpose done. But it's not about the earthly possessions and the things that we accomplish and the things that we can put on the wall and the plaques and the and the trophies and the things that may be in a case somewhere or some assignment, you know, that we accomplished or some diploma that we've got and said, look, look, look what I've done. But what is it? 
in eternal, from an eternal perspective, from an eternal mindset. See, all those things are good, but, but the un- undergirding truth of those things, the undergirding purpose of everything that we do has got to be for the kingdom of heaven. It's got to be to, uh, 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 to, to fulfill the purpose that he put on inside of us. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to it here shortly, but one of those things is this, is it's got to be attached to touching people. Did you hear me? That purpose that God's put on inside of each and every one of us, it must be attached to touching people. Amen. To influencing people for the kingdom. Jesus said, uh, or actually he came, and we know it's in uh, John 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. 17 talks about that he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. So that's what the, where the world's got it backwards. They think Jesus came to condemn or God wants to condemn. He didn't come to condemn, but he came that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that wood, hay, and stubble that we mentioned, that's, that's self-seeking, just living life. You know, there's a lot of people out there, man, what, what you got going on? Oh, man, I'm just living life. You know, I'm just living it up. Well, yeah, no, no, where's that getting them? Amen. Are they happy? Are they fulfilled? Are they just, no, they're empty. They're searching. They're looking for something. And the whole time, the goodness and the mercy of God is chasing them, trying to run them down. But the enemy, see, if the enemy can just keep people inoperative, you hear what I'm saying? If the, if the enemy can just keep believers, not even, don't even, we're not even, don't even mention unbelievers, but just believers. If the, if the devil can keep uh, believers inoperative and not walking out that, that destiny and that purpose, then he's okay with it. Because he knows if you're born again, he can't, he can't take your spirit. He already knows you made it to heaven. But if he can just keep you inoperative and not walk in that path and that course and that purpose that God ordained you to walk in, then he, you know, he's okay with that. See, it's just kind of like, a, what, what do people say in sports? It's a moral victory. You know, maybe they didn't win the, the, the game, but they learned some things out of it. And we can build on that and go on. We'll see the devil, he has moral victories. And that moral victory that he has is just keep, keeping people, you know, just, just living life. You know, just kind of going through. But see, we can, we can step in and help people with that. We can step in and tell them, hey, man, God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. It's not about, you know, just making it, you know, to the next Friday paycheck. There's so many people that live that way. If I can just get that next check, you know, if I can just make it, make it to the next whatever, we can just make it to the weekend, or we can just make it to the next vacation. And that's the way they live their entire lives. But there's more to it. Amen. See, God's full of life. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. He wants us to have joy and peace and happiness every day. Doesn't mean there's not challenges. Yeah, of course there's challenges. You become a Christian, you get a whole new set of challenges. Amen. But the good news is we've already won the victory. Amen. Glory to God. He's already given us the victory. Glory to God. So when people live this, this type of life, it's like wood, hay, and stubble. They're just living for themselves. It's, it's, it's you know, what the world calls a survivalist mentality. A lot of people are going into that these days. I'm just, I'm just going to be a survival. It's just about me and my four and no more. We're just going to live a minimal, you know, they also call it a minimalist. Where they're just going to, you know, live in, you know, just a small means of, just to get by and make it. We're going to be okay. But that's not the heart of God. The, God. the heart of God is for us to have more than enough to be able to give. Amen. To be able to bless. So if we can't pay our light bill, we're not going to pay anybody else's. If we can't afford new clothes for us, and we're not going to give anybody else new clothes. Amen. If we're not going to, if, if we're not able to give our children, and it's not about just, I'm not just, don't get me wrong, it's not just about the material things, but how many of you know that when somebody's hungry, uh, food makes a difference? 
I've been downtown when a, when a, a young gentleman, uh, uh, probably around the age of 21, had tears streaming down both sides of his face because he had a, a hot plate of, of food in his hands. He wouldn't speak a word to us. We tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't speak. He wouldn't talk. But I looked over at him and he had tears down both sides of his face. Now, you tell me that hot food and plate that we took to him didn't make a difference. It made a difference. And it took some money to get it. It took some donations, some money, some time to make it, some people to go and, and heat it up into freezing cold. It took some effort to do it, right? But it, but it made a difference. It made a difference. And that's what we're to do. It's part of our purpose. It's part of our destiny. So God doesn't want us just to live as a survivalist. How can we just get by? No, we got to change. See, it's about changing a mindset. Did you hear me today? It's about changing a mindset and, and thinking, uh, uh, having an increased mindset, a multiplication mindset, a more than enough mindset. The fact that you're part of the kingdom and your God is a good God and Jesus is your Lord and he took your poverty upon him so that you could be made rich. Amen. See, when you think that way, then it allows the Holy Spirit to be able to give you ideas. But if you're just a survivalist, have a survivalist mentality or a barely get by mentality, then the Holy Spirit's not going to talk to you because you're not even, you know, listening and, and open to that. But if we have a, a more than enough attitude, amen, if we have a, of an increased attitude, if we know that he took our poverty, why? So he can make us rich and abundantly supplied and see that gives the Holy Spirit room to talk. He'll begin to give us ideas and inventions and, and, and go do this and change this and put your money over here and invest in that. Amen. Why? Because he knows you're, you're a kingdom builder. Did you hear me today? Do you know the kingdom of heaven is more real than the, than, the, than the earth that we're standing on, than the ground that we're standing on? Because that kingdom created this kingdom with words. And you're already, if you're born again, you're already a citizen of that kingdom already. Pastor mentioned this last week, I believe, that we're just aliens and, and strangers and pilgrims passing through. This is just temporary. So everything that we do, it's, it's, it's adding to uh, the ultimate end of, of the kingdom of heaven. We're already eternal beings now. Amen. We're living part of our eternity right now. Now wrap that around your mind and see how, see how you figure that out. Amen. Glory to God. Now, so he wants us to occupy. He wants us to be salt and light in the business world and the educational world, to be his hands and his feet and his mouthpiece. Now go to uh, 1 Corinthians 9. We're still in 1 Corinthians. Go over to chapter 9 real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And let's look at verse uh, 22, I believe it is. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22, it says, To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now, we know that doesn't mean that we, you know, we go into a bar and we have a drink with somebody or go back somewhere, smoke a joint with somebody and say, well, we're just going to become like you, so we might win you a little bit. No, that's not what it means. No, but what it means is that we're relatable, that we're real. Do you hear me? That we're, we're not too good to, to go into a place, you know, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> I believe that's the reason the Lord's called me to go to some of the countries I've been to. Because some people's not willing to go. When they've got open sewer on the side of the road and you can't even, I mean, it's all you can do to even hold, you know, breathe walking down the street. And you walk in some of these places and it's just total filth. Uh, and, it, you know, and, and you sleep on a mattress about an inch thick and, this, and about every hour this hip gets sore. So you roll over to the other side because this hip's sore. And then you go back and forth all through the night because that's the only thing you got to sleep on. Amen. And you drink water. 
out of a bottle because there's nothing else to drink and you have to watch what you eat and you have to, I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that we go through, but see, God loves those people. Amen. And the only way that they're going to hear the gospel is unless somebody goes. Do you hear me? Unless somebody goes. So he wants us to occupy right where we are. And it doesn't have to be in another country. It could be right here. Be the salt. Be the light in the business world, in the educational world. Be his hands, his feet, and his mouthpiece. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 9, 22. We just read that about becoming all things to all men. Verse 23 says, And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know you not that they which run a race... Run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you might obtain. And every man that strives for mastery is, a temperate, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we do it for an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as an uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Verse 27, but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. Now I want to make a few, uh, bring out a few things here. Uh, see, it tells us right here that their crown fades, or it's temporary, but what, what happens? Our crown lasts forever. Amen. See, that's that eternal mindset I was talking about. That's a kingdom mindset that I mentioned. I don't run with uncertainty like a boxer beating the air. See, that's the question we have to ask. Why are we doing what we're doing? Do we, do you ever felt that way before? Like, why am I doing what am I, what am I doing? You know, why am I doing what I'm doing? I don't really see any accomplishment or any, any results coming from what I'm doing, then why am I doing this? So we have to evaluate things. Are we doing these things to please our own interest or is in the interest of some, are we doing it to please the interest of someone else? See, also, a lot of times we do things just to please another person in our life a friend or an acquaintance or whoever it may be. We're just doing things because we're trying to please somebody else. Are we doing them to please God? The New International Version, you can just listen. You don't have to put it on the board. Verse, 1 Corinthians 9, 26. It says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Well, that looks silly, wouldn't it? You know, he's just fighting the boxer, fighting. He's just beating, trying to beat the air. It reminds me of Forrest Gump. And he, he said, I think I'll go run. He just took off. <laughs> and he said he was running and running and running and running. Ran all the way to California. Got to the ocean. He said, well, I, I guess I'll go home now. And he turned around. And he ran back. And he had all those people following him. They didn't even know where, he didn't know where he was going. They didn't know where they were going. They just followed him. Well, when he decided to leave quick, he said, I guess I'm done now. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? And that's the way a lot of people live life. they just following somebody because they're going somewhere. Don't, they don't know where they're going. The one they're following, but they're following them because they're going somewhere, and neither, neither one of them's heading in the direction they're just going. <laughs> he just running and running and running, running aimlessly. <laughs> Amen. The New Living Translation says, so I run with purpose in every step. He said, I'm not just shadow boxing, but everything that I do, I'm running with a purpose. Every step I'm doing with purpose. So we have to find out what God's word says about our place and about our purpose. What does his word say? We have a place in the kingdom and we have a purpose and his word tells us where that is and what it is. We need to make important practical steps to move toward that purpose. And I want you to get a hold of this. We need to make important practical steps to move toward that purpose. What do I mean by that? Well, it doesn't matter what, just a natural goal. 
if you have a natural goal, you can set the goal, but if you don't take practical steps to reach that goal, how many of you know it'll never happen? It's just like this time of the year, you know, people make goals to lose weight or resolutions to do this or that. And, you know, probably now most people still have the gym membership, but about March, mid-February, that's when you need to go because it'll be, most of it'll be empty by then. Amen. But if you make practical steps, deliberate, practical steps and decisions, then your goal will be reached. John Maxwell wrote another good book, and he, he said, Today Matters is the name of the book. If you hadn't read it, I highly recommend it. Today Matters. And what he means in that book, he, he says that, that wise choices made on a daily basis will add up and you'll have compound results. But it's the choices we make every day. Amen. The choice of how we treat our spouse. Amen. The choices of things that we eat, good or bad, they're going to have results. Amen. The choices of, of the places that we go, the things that we watch, the people that we associate with, those are all things that are choices. And they all have results, good or bad, positive or negative. If we invest the word, amen, if we spend time in the presence of the Father, it's going to have results. Amen. Because we made a positive, direct choice and effort to do that. Amen. So it's important to take practical steps, not just think about it, not just, you know, you come to a service or you go to what the world calls a revival or to a meeting, man, and the Holy Ghost is moving and folks are falling out and people are prophesying and you get a word from God like, whoo, hallelujah. And then you go home and next week, well, what was that word? And what are we going to do about it? I don't know. I don't forget what it was now. You know, I don't even know what it is. But we had the goosebumps and we had the excitement and we were, man, we was ready to go. But see, it's the practical things that we do. This, this, this is just practical teaching. But I'm telling you, in 2020, it'll change our life on a daily basis with what we're doing. And by the end of the year, we'll look back and we'll say, man, look at the things that we were able to accomplish for the kingdom, for the kingdom of God. Look at the lives that we were able to change and touch. Look at the excitement that we have for life that, in 2020 that we didn't have in 19. Do you hear me today? See, we're to be excited about life. We're to be excited every day that we wake up. Amen. We're, we're, we're citizens of heaven. Do you hear me today? So we don't have any reason to be depressed. We don't have any reason to be discouraged. But what happens is we allow all these things in the, in the lives of the enemy to come in and choke out what's important, what's really uh, uh, important in life. We allow it to become clouded. But when we know that purpose and we know that reason, we know why we're here, then, man, there's some excitement to be. Uh, there's some excitement about that. I know I'm using a lot of quotes from pastor. I can't help it. That's where I've been taught and raised and where I came up, but you know that it's like the old one he uses all the time. We learned it back in the business world. I learned it as well as he did listening to some old tapes about the, you know, the old, the, the dog that is on the porch. You know, he's up here scratching and the fleas and, and gnawing and biting and chewing, but the dog is out in the hunt. He didn't even know he's got fleas. <laughs> That's a good example to use when we're discussing what we're talking about. The dog is in a hunt. So when we're in motion, we're in action going after the purpose that God's called us to do. Be in his hands and feet, be in that mouthpiece, then we don't even have time to sit back and think about, oh, how are we gonna do this? And what does she say to me? And why does she act, why did my wife treat me that way? Why did my husband do, not do that like he said he was gonna do? What about this? All those things are important, but we don't have time to allow those things to come in and choke out what's important because we're in the hunt. See, we're in a race doing what? We're running after a prize that's eternal. See, that's not gonna fade. We're not running after a prize that's gonna to, to rust and tarnish and, and fade away, but we're running after the eternal. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Purpose. <laughs> so unless we have a fixed vision of who we are and what God's purpose is for our life and what that really is, then we just live aimlessly. 
Just like that shadow box that we talked about. We just live in aimlessly. But God made each of us unique and with a purpose. We're part of his body. We're born again with an assignment. But see, when we get born again, that assignment may be a mystery. It may be a mystery to you today. There's been times in my life that it was a mystery. I wake up and I say, well, what is my assignment? I don't really know. I'm kind of confused. I've thought it was this, but it didn't really turn out to be that. It may be that or whatever. See, sometimes we, we, we may be confused about it, but God doesn't want us to be confused. How many of you know he's not a God of confusion? No, he's talking and his Holy Spirit is speaking and talking. He'll lead us and guide us into all truth. All we have to do is, is, is get our antennas up. Amen. And be ready to listen. Be ready to follow. Be ready to flow. Hallelujah. So when we're born again, sometimes initially we're just babes in Christ, just like Paul was talking about. We don't know what the assignment is. Amen. We're just trying to find out, man, where's that scripture at over there again? And he told me I could do what well, I remember when I got born again and started learning to, you know, I mean, I thought God was, I thought he was mean and ugly. You know, we had a big black Bible in my house. It was four times that big. And the only time we touched it was when I dusted. My mama made me do chores and stuff around the house. And the only time I touched the Bible was when I dusted it. I'd pick it up and I'd dust under it. I'd put it back down and dust the top of it. And that was it. I opened it up one day and I was like, man, I can't read. What in the world thee thou? What is that even talking about? I just closed it up and I didn't pick it up until I was, I guess I was 15 when I got saved. This was just a little kid. I used, to, I used to try to read it, try to understand it. So I thought God was mad at me. But when I got saved and started going to the church and taught the word, I was like, my goodness, are those promises really, does that really belong to me? Is that really... Is that really talking to me? Do you mean that really belongs to me? Amen. It started to find out that I had purpose. I was important, that God has a place for me. But see, I didn't know the specifics. You see what I'm saying? When we first get born again, we don't know the specifics of that plan. If God showed us the, the details of the plan, sometimes it would, it would scare us so bad we would run. We'd be like Forrest Gump. We'd just run and keep running. If God showed me back when I was 15 that I was standing in front of a crowd of nine or 10,000 people in, in Bangladesh and, and preached the gospel, Man, I would have, I'd still be running. I'd, I'd outran Forrest Gump to, to California back. I'd still be running. I remember we was in Bible school and I had to preach for 10 minutes. I about passed out. She made a better grade than I did. She was in the same youth uh, class as I was. And uh, when she did her lab and preached, she made a better grade than I did because I was standing up there like that. Uh, turned over. You know, I, mean, I was like cracking and man, I just, I think it's, uh, well, uh, just a minute, you know. But see, God doesn't show us the end from the beginning. When we first get born again, we're babes in Christ. And he's going to nurture us and love us just like, like we do a child that's a natural child. But there's a time that we grow, amen? There's a time that we grow up and he begins to feed us with meat and stronger meat. And then we're to, 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 to begin to find out that purpose and begin to move toward what that is. And the details will come, Amen. The details will come. But it's not only hid from us, but think about this. It's also hid from the enemy. And the reason we know that is this, is when Jesus was born into the earth, Herod found out about it. He wanted to kill him. But, you know, Herod couldn't even, Herod didn't know where he was at. He, he you know, he, he had the babies killed. It was two and under. But if, if he knew where he was at and the devil was so big and bad, he could have just went directly to him, right? He didn't know where he was. He knew the general area and, 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 and the age, but the Holy Spirit warned him or the angel warned him and they got up and they went. And they got out of there, and he was saved. But see, the, the devil doesn't even know what your purpose and destiny is. So don't think he's keeping it from you. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Whew. He's about to, I'm trying to keep from laughing. You know, if we really knew the, when we get to heaven one day and we see when he's chained up and we're going to, you know, scripture said, you mean, is, is that the one that made the earth tremble and the kingdom shake? Is that, is that really the one? See, but we give him way too much credit. We give him way too much credit. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's like giving a T-bone steak to a baby. You know, you wouldn't do that. So they got to be ready. There's preparation time. They might not, you know, they may gnaw on it and like it for a little while, but you know, that's, that's, you just don't do that. And that's what it would be with us. If he showed us the end from the beginning, it'd be like a T-bone steak. We would choke on it. You know, we would get no nourishment. We, it wouldn't benefit fit us a bit. So we, we, he gives it to us in stages and in steps. So our destiny, our purpose is a place to occupy. Occupy till he comes to set up rule. It's the kingdom of God. That's what our place is. Amen. Right where we are right now. See, we need to stop waiting for a particular time or waiting for a particular moment to happen in our life. You know, it's kind of like having children sometimes. I remember, you know, when we had our first child, we were like, well, we want everything to be just perfect, just right. We've got to have this in order and that in order. I mean, you, it, don't, it doesn't work that way. Amen. Sometimes things just don't happen the way that you plan everything to happen. Amen. So we need to be happy where we are and know that where we're planted today and where we're at right now, it doesn't mean that God's not going to move us out from a particular place, but where you are today and where you're planted today, whether it be a job or wherever God has you and what he has you doing, then where you are, allow God's uh, plan and destiny to work through you and flow through you where you are. Amen. Quit looking for, uh, you know, something to happen or something to change. If you'll get busy about the father, father's business where we are, if we get busy right where we are and where we're planted, then the, then the details will come. You see what I'm saying? That's where promotion comes. People want to be promoted, but they don't want to be faithful with the things that God has in their hands right now. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Amen. So our destiny and our purpose is a place to occupy, not inside the four walls of the church, but it's in the place of the schools and the, the business world, the, the, the out in, in the marketplace. Dominion of God out in the world and not in the church. So we have dominion here, but he wants us to have dominion in the world. Amen. To be an influence out into the world. So how do we find this purpose out? Amen. We got about 15, 10, 15 more minutes. Amen. Hallelujah. It's some good stuff. I'm enjoying myself. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying the word of God, the purpose that he's given us and the, and, and the dreams and the visions that he's placed on inside of us in 2020 of what we're going to accomplish for his kingdom. So how do we find this purpose out? If we don't know when we get born again, if it's kind of a mystery and we're trying to figure those things out, or maybe we've been you know, walking with the Lord in relationship with the Lord for years and we still don't really know, how do we find it out? Sometimes we just have a glimpse of it. Uh, I was riding down the road in a Toyota pickup truck. I can take you to the place. It's about where Wendy's restaurant is. Well, it might be on down the road a little bit. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Somewhere around Wendy's in Clanton, there used to be a, a used uh, car lot. I just got saved, just got born again. And man, I was hungry for God. What am I supposed to do? Where am I? I'll, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I want to serve you. It just so radically changed my life. Well, I'm riding down the road in this uh, 1987 Toyota pickup, four speed, going down the road on Highway 31. And, I'm, and I've been to a prayer meeting at church. Imagine that. 15, 16 years old, been to prayer meeting on a Friday night. I'm headed back home, and uh, I'm asking the Lord, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? I'll do it. I'll go. I'll say. I'll do what. I just want to know. I just want to know because I lived 
uh, up to that point, my life had been basically total chaos of what way my family life had been. And I knew there had, had to be more, and I was beginning to see it in the Word of God. So I wanted to, everything he had, I wanted. I burned all my music CDs. Man, I, I changed everything. I had a big old pile of them. ACDC, all kind of, I, mean, I listened to all of it. Country, rap, mix them together, and you see what you come up with. And then I had uh, rock and roll and everything else, and I burned them all. I'm not against it necessarily, but, but if it's not glorifying God, if it's, if it's demonic, then I'm against it. But there's certain things it's not. I'm not here to preach about music, but what it was, it was a change of heart. I just wanted everything that God had, and I didn't want anything to keep me from him. And I'm, as I'm riding down the road in that little Toyota pickup truck, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me so clearly and so definitely. It's the only time to this day that I've heard an audible voice from the Father. And the only thing he spoke to me, he said, my son, he said, you'll work for me, and I'll always take care of you. Now, that seems simple to you. But I guarantee you this, if you heard an audible voice in a single cab pickup truck, man, it made me run off the road. I ran off the highway, got off in that, in that used car lot, that gravel lot, and I'm looking around like, does this one, has this truck got a back seat in it? Is somebody in the back of my truck? I got, man, I'm like, man, it just, it just, it messed me up, you know. But the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he told me that, and it was something that's simple. But I've always been able to, to look back to that day and to that time and know that no matter what place or what, season of my life that the Lord has always taken care of me. But see, <clears throat> there was an attachment to that. He said, you'll work for me. He didn't say I would seek my own interest. See, he didn't say I would go after the ways of the world. He didn't say that I'm going to go after, you know, material things and possessions. But he said, you'll, you'll always work for me and I'm always going to take care of you. And he always has. Have I always done everything right and I'm supposed to do? No. Have I missed it? Of course. Will I miss it more? Yes. But see, it's a heart issue. Do you hear me today? It's a heart issue. And if you keep your heart <clears throat> right before the Lord, and pliable before the Lord, and you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what he's called you to do, then that supply will be there. Amen. So you get glimpses. You get visions, dreams. Sometimes it could be an audible voice like I got. You don't seek audible voices because the enemy will oblige you. Uh, it's through passions, through gifts, through abilities, through callings, through desires that you have. See, God's placed certain abilities on the inside of you. And those abilities can relate to your, your callings. Like Emily, our uh, daughter that's in the Global, Global Ventures program, she always had a, a heart for photography. She grew to love uh, photography. She's got a knack for taking pictures at the right angle and the right lighting and different things. She's just got a a gifting to do that, and that she's grown in that, learned some things in that, but see, she wondered, what am I to do, and what am I called to do? And she took her time to do that, and seek the Lord to find out where her place was, and what, how could she do the two together? She said, I didn't know how they would work together. I have a heart for the lost, and I have a heart for taking pictures. Now, how would that work together? But see, God is putting that together. Amen. So there's ways that we know. But we can always know sure that, that from God's word, we can study God's word and we can always know for sure what part of our, our purpose is. Amen. We're going to look at that in the last few minutes. The best way is this, is to allow our creator to reveal it to us in our spirit. Did you hear me? The best way for you to know your purpose and your assignment is to allow the creator to reveal it to you in your spirit. And the way he's going to do that is when we're busy about his business. You know, Jesus went to the temple when he was a young, uh, 
younger and he would read and study and he would learn himself. He found himself in the scripture. Amen. And he grew in wisdom and stature. So when we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal who we are and what he's created to do in our heart, it's while we're busy about his business and not just sitting still. That's what we talked about a while ago about being in motion. So our heart must be for God's kingdom and he must be able to trust us. Hallelujah. Now, we don't have time to, get, to go there, but Luke chapter 16, it talks about the parable of the unrighteous steward. And I want to make, make mention of this real quickly. Where is the training ground for our purpose? The training ground for our purpose. There's a training ground for each and every one of us. And there's different places and different stages of that training. Amen. We're all at different, different places, but there there always be training. Elliot, correct me if I'm wrong. In the military, do, is there ever a time and a place where you don't ever train or you don't have, ever have any classes or any training or anything that you go through on a regular basis? Do you ever just quit and you just set for life? I mean, that's the way it is. And, and it, I mean, if you ever stop growing, if you ever stop learning, you're in a bad place anyway, right? So we're all in different places of training, but there's a training ground for purpose. People think that there's a, that, you know, that they're waiting for an anointing to come. They're waiting for somebody to lay hands on them. They're waiting for a zap or some kind of a powerful vision like I was talking about when, when the Lord spoke to me. I know that was different, but even at that, all he told me was, you're going to work for me and I'll always take care of you. Okay, what do you do with that? I mean, you go to Dunkin' Donuts and nothing wrong with that. I go there. I could, could be. And I could work for the Lord at Dunkin' Donuts and be the best, best manager and the best person to run that place and be the light of the, the world right there in it. See, that's what I'm talking about. It would be occupying and being part of the kingdom where? At Dunkin' Donuts. But he didn't tell me to go to Dunkin' Donuts. He didn't give me any specifics. So we can't just wait and, and, and get some type of vision or some type of lightning bolt to tell us this is where I want you to go. Amen. So people wait for that. Somebody to lay hands on them and impart something. All these things can happen. Yes, people impart gifts. Yes, we have visitations. Yes, we do. Uh, but there's a training ground. There's a training ground and a purpose. It's, it's kind of like this. Uh, it's like an owner and employee mentality. I'll take it. I, I'll use this for an example. Uh, if you if you've ever owned a business, ran a business, been around business, or you've just been a, a consumer, then you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a different different way that people think between a, a business owner and, a, and an employee. They just think differently, and that's why we have to be careful. See, it's a mindset about the purpose we've been created for. It's about being faithful over what belongs to somebody else. That's the training ground that I'm talking about. What your faith and the little things that you, if you go back and read it, we don't have time to read it. Luke 16, 10 and 12 down through there is talking about being faithful and what belongs to someone else and the, what belongs to the kingdom and about the, the, the world being more shrewd and, uh, than even the people that's in the kingdom of God. So this employee mindset is this. How many of you been to a restaurant before and they had about an hour before they were going to close? You drove up and, and, and there's one particular place we, we try to go to sometimes. I've driven up before and all the lights are out. And it's an hour before they close. And all the lights on the outside of the building, it's at nighttime, but all the lights on the outside are off. The sign's off. Uh, I've seen it where they had put the chairs up on the table. Now I'm talking about an hour, not, not 10 minutes, five minutes, an hour before they close, the chairs will be up on the table. People over there mopping and cleaning. You know, I've worked in the restaurant industry. I worked at Burger King. I worked at probably four different restaurants. I've cooked, I've mopped, I've cleaned, I've been a busboy. 11 years old, I was a busboy. They put the guy under the jail if they knew he'd hired me. But I worked 40 hours a week in the summer at 11 years old at the Shed Restaurant 
He's in heaven now, so they can't do anything about it. The man that owned it. Um, but I've been in, in that industry. I know what it's like to want to get out and go home, right? How many of you worked in that before? You're ready to go home. You dealt with the public. You're hot and sweaty. Smell like a big French fry or, grill, or you know, a fried shrimp or something. You're ready to get home. And, uh, but see, the business is still open. But the difference between an employee mentality and a business owner mentality is this, is the business owner, he pays the bills. The business owner makes payroll. The business owner has invested blood, sweat, tears, and, and a dream of his into that business and company to make it work. And he's willing to go the extra mile to do whatever it takes to make it work. But the employee is, I've worked my time and I'm ready to go home and I'm tired, so I'm going to do everything I can do to get home early. And I don't really care about this business prospering. I don't really care about going the extra mile or doing something extra. I just want to do the least I can do to get by and go home because it's all about what? It's all about me. It's all about me, 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 and they're carnal. Hey, do you hear what I'm saying? It's a, different, it's a different mindset. It's a different way of thinking. But it doesn't have to be that way. Amen. And that's the way that God promotes. God promotes us when we're faithful over something that belongs to somebody else. When we're faithful in different stages and seasons of our life, he sees that and that's preparation, that's training ground. Because when he can, tr when he can trust you with something that belongs to somebody else, the scripture tells us he can trust you now with the true riches. And what are the true riches? The true riches is what I'm trying to get to today before we close. The true riches is your purpose. The true riches is your calling. The true rich riches is your anointing and your giftings and what he placed in you when you were in your mother's womb before you were even born. That's what the true riches are and they're in there but can he trust you with those things? And the way he does that is by your faithfulness. Now, I'm not talking about working for it and earning it. That's not as, I'm not talking about works. What I'm talking about is a relationship and a heart. Do you hear me today? It's a relationship and it's a heart issue. Hallelujah. The owner has to pay the bills. <laughs> Amen. He, he thinks differently. The owner will say, come on in. You got a group of 10 people. We got an hour. Come on in. We're going to take care of you. What do you need? You need an extra chair? Can we pull some tables together? You see the difference? But the employee's like, uh, uh, well, no, nah, we're we about to close. Well, I need a milkshake. No, we, uh, shake machine's not working. How many of you heard that before? Shake machine's not working. Well, it was working yesterday. Did it, did it break all of a sudden? Well, yeah, you, need, you know, it just, it's not, we're not working right now. Really what it is, they've already cleaned it, and they don't want to mess it up again. They've already cleaned it an hour before they were supposed to. See, that's the employee mentality. What can they do to get by? Not to go the extra mile. Amen. Hallelujah. So the employer thinks it's a stepping stone. Now listen to this. An employer thinks it's a stepping stone on the way to their destiny. That's the way they look at it. They think their destiny is coming by talent or by some type of gifting. Now this comes over into the body of Christ as well. They think their destiny is coming by some type of talent or gifting or some big break that they'll get somehow. They don't know how, but I'm going to get some big break. Somebody's going to recognize me or... or some type of opportunity is going to come and they think they're going to get this break and don't know really how, but it's just, it's just coming. <laughs> so they look at a job or what's in front of them sometimes as just a stepping stone to get to their destiny. And we can't do that. What you, what you have your hand attached to right now, I'm telling you, is, is in connection with your promotion. Amen. And God won't trust us with the true riches. Let's see, the lives of people are precious. Do you hear me today? I'm talking about the precious fruit of the earth. That's what we're talking about. And God's entrusted them into our hands. And everything that we do is important. Amen. How we handle ourselves is important. And he wants to promote us. He, he, he's not holding it from us. He's wanting to get us into that. He's wanting us to get into the purpose. See, the, the, the Bible says that the gospel will be preached as a witness unto the, all the earth. Then the end shall come. 
He's waiting for it to get to the end of the earth. Amen. Because he loves people. It's the only thing that he's waiting on. Glory to God. So, David took care of the sheep before he became the king. Little old shepherd boy out in the field taking care of sheep. Now, what did he do when he took care of the sheep? He risked his life for the sheep. He killed a lion and he killed a bear. Over what? Over sheep. Man, I'm thinking, if a bear's coming and there's a sheep right there, let's throw him, you know, let's throw him some bait, you know, let's throw him a little snack and let's get out of here. You know, but David's over there risking his life to protect the sheep because he was faithful in what was another man's and then God trusted and trusted in him to be king. Amen. He proved himself faithful and loyal. He had a heart that was after God's own heart. Joseph was in prison for 13 years for something he didn't do. He viewed every assignment as worthy to do his best. While he was in prison, every assignment that came to him, he viewed it as worthy to, to, to give his best at it. Amen. The person that does it wholeheartedly unto the Lord will get the promotion. Did y'all hear me today? The one that does it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord will get the promotion. And it's, it in relates natural to spiritual. You can't separate the two. People say, well, you know, I'm just, you know, just going to go for the spiritual side. Well, it didn't work that way. The natural always correlates over into the spiritual. People say, I'm, going, I'm, I'm just going to go into ministry because, you know, my job kind of drying up and, and this happened over here and that over I think I'm going to go into, into ministry. The Lord kind of put it on my heart. Well, what are you doing at the job yet? Uh-oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, hold, hold on just a minute. Am I stepping on some, you know, I know this is going everywhere. <laughs> no. See, what, what, what are we being faithful about at home? God's not going to entrust the true riches to us. Not, God's not going to trust someone in a ministry position when they're not even faithful on, on what he's called them to do at their job. Amen. Or what he's, he's called them to do at home. See, that's out of order. Do you hear me today? That's out of order. Glory to God. So Joseph, he viewed every assignment as worthy to do his best. He did it wholeheartedly as unto God, not to man. Now let's, let's go to this uh, chapter real quick before we close. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, let's look at verse... Um, Five. I'm going to read it in the uh, Amplified Version. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, in the, I'm sorry, in the message translation. I've got it here in my notes. You can just listen. Uh, 5 through 8 says, Servants, respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always with an eye to obey the real master, which is Christ. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants doing what God wants you to do and work with a smile on your face. Oh man, you ever been to a restaurant like that? You're coming in an hour before they close or 30 minutes or whatever before they closing. Did you get a smile? And did, you know, did they look at you like you, you know, had, like Pastor C said, you had 10 pounds to get back on you. <laughs> they look at you like, man, what are you, like, what are you coming here for? Or did you get a smile? <laughs> So don't just do what you have to do to get by, but do it heartily as Christ's servants doing what God wants you to do. Work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. Now see, that takes some faith. 
You hear me? That takes some faith. Sometimes they, they, you know, they, they may not talk to you the right way. Now, I'm not talking about doing things that are unethical. God doesn't require you to do that, but I'm talking about things that your employer asks you to do, and maybe they didn't ask you, in, in, you know, very politely. Maybe they kind of barked the orders towards you, or whatever the case may be. But see, we have a choice. Are we doing it under men or are we doing it under God? Amen. See, that's where promotion comes. That's the training ground. Faithfulness. He can, he can trust, us, trust us with the uh, natural things, and he can trust us with true riches, which is our purpose and our destiny. Amen. Now, it says, always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be given the orders, you're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay with a master, regardless of whether you're a slave or whether you're free. Passion Translation says, <clears throat> those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Serve them with humility. Serve them with humility in your hearts as though you were working for the master. Always do what is right, not only when others are watching, so that you may please Christ as his servant by doing his will. Verse 7, serve your employers wholeheartedly with love as though you were serving Christ and not men. Be assured that anything you do that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid by our Lord, whether you're an employer or, or employee or an employer. Wholeheartedly or half-heartedly. People half-sweep, they half-clean, they half-work, they never discover their destiny by operating like that. Now, this is practical things, but I'm, it's, it's true. Did you hear what I said? Wholeheartedly or half-heartedly? People that do the job and they half-sweep, half-clean, half-do the assignment, just half-whatever to get by, they'll never discover their destiny by operating like that. Never. Because God can't promote it. See, it's important. We, we need to ask this, how can we help this, this company or this per person even profit more? How can we leave it better than what it was when we got here? Amen. If we want to be promoted, then we need to make ourselves so valuable that they can't stand to see it when we go somewhere else. I mean, they, they can't even stand to see us leave. They don't, they don't want, why? Because we made it more valuable, more profitable by us being there and doing it the way that God would want us to have to do it because we're doing it as in the Him. See, we're talking about promotion. Amen. We don't have to earn an assignment. We already have one, but it won't be revealed until we're ready. So I'm not talking about earning an assignment from the Lord. We're not talking about works. We already have an assignment. But that assignment and the pieces to that assignment won't be revealed unto us clearly and fully until we're ready, until we've been through some training ground. Amen. Are we faithful in what we have our hand to today? Glory to God. Joseph didn't go to his dreams from his dream to the palace. He didn't have a dream one day, and then the next day he's in the palace. There's preparation time. Hallelujah. 17, 18 years ago when I started my business, I had no idea that I'd go to, to India and Bangladesh and preach the gospel. But the very people that I do business with are from India, and they're from Bangladesh and some of those countries, and I've grown to, to, to know some of their language and to build relationships with them and become comfortable around them, have a heart for them and for their culture. But I had no idea back then. I mean, you, I would have... I, mean, I probably would have laughed at somebody if they told me that. See, but God knew what he was doing. That's part of the plan. So we're not to be a self-promoter, but we're to allow God to promote us and to reveal his purpose. Amen. So what does that mean? That means we're just to be a son. See, sometimes we're just so busy about wanting to, to be whatever it is. Just be a son. You ever thought about that? Let's just be a son and be a daughter first. <laughs> Amen and serve our Heavenly Father and be faithful what He's put into our hands and be a faithful husband, father, and employee, 
Be a faithful friend to others. Amen. Be a faithful brother and sister to those that are at church. Call them and encourage them. Go by and see them. Do something good for them. Amen. Be the love of Christ to someone. Hallelujah. Allow the God who created us to reveal where we fit in. But that takes three things. It takes character, and it takes faith, and it takes patience. So if we stay faithful in the place long enough, then God will show us, but it takes, it takes character to do that. See, character is what you do when nobody else is watching. Reputation is what you do when people see you and they know what they, they can see you doing things. That's the reputation that you have. But the character is what you have when nobody else is watching and only God can see. That's your character. Amen. It takes character, it takes faith, and it takes patience. The foundation of our purpose is that it must be attached to touching people. We already mentioned that. So the foundation of the purpose that we're talking about, it will be attached to touching other people's lives. Real quickly, 2 Corinthians 5, don't turn there. We don't have time. I'm going to quote it. Verse 18 said, he's given unto us a ministry. You have a ministry. These are the two places right here I was talking about. Two places that you don't ever have to wonder about what's your purpose. These are two things that is rooted and grounded in, and the other pieces will be attached to this. Whether you build a business or whatever it may be, whether you're a school teacher, an astronaut, Whatever it is that God calls you to do is rooted in this. Verse 18, 2 Corinthians 5, 18, he said, He's given unto us a ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. It tells us by word and by deed we're to bring others into harmony with Christ. So you have a ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciling others to Christ. Verse 21, it says, God makes his appeal through us, that we're his ambassadors in this earth. His representative, just like a representative from the U.S., ambassador goes to another country or lives in a country, and he's the ambassador for the U.S. We're the ambassador for Christ in the earth. He's making his appeal through us to other people. This is how much God trusts us. Think about that just a minute. Man, he trusts us. Amen. It's how important fulfilling our purpose is that he trusts us enough to fulfill the calling of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So this requires a change of mindset, a different thinking. We're not going to go there. Romans 12, 2 talks about that, renewing our mind, that we may prove what the perfect will of the Lord is. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. So we have to make a conscious decision to take an action, a deliberate decision to create new habits. Uh, studies show that it takes 21 to 200 days to develop a new habit, a new mindset, to create a new image of who we are. 21 to 200 days to, to get that New mindset. So, so if you decide to do something and you make a deliberate decision, then just know it's going to take you, it's going to take you a decent period of time, but then you'll have a habit. Amen. Uh, back in, we were talking about this morning or last night, I can't remember, it was 2012. I decided to uh, do something and I've gained, half, I've gained about 40 pounds back, so I got to do something. I'm going to become a synchronized swimmer now. No, I'm just kidding. I hurt my foot, so I, I haven't been able to run. So I told my wife, I'm going to take up swimming. So maybe I'll be a synchronized swimmer now. I'm trying to get you to, to laugh a little bit there. Amen. Maybe don't get a mental image of that, but no. <laughs> hallelujah. So in 2012, I decided I was going to do something, move, because I was about 290 pounds, 89 pounds, uh, and I had to do something. I didn't want to go to the mall. I didn't want to go do anything. I want to sit in a chair, and that was about it. And I ran the first 5K, walked it, ran, whatever, thought I was going to die. And this old man passed me about, he had to be 95 and his shorts were so old, it looks like he got them in 1920. And uh, I thought, man, if he can make it, surely I can make it. And I started a program called the Couch to 5K. And it was a program to get you from the couch to a 5K race. And it started with one step. And that's where you started. It was walk, rest, 
walk, rest. And I did that. And with a year's time, I lost 90 some odd pounds. And with a year, the next year around, I ran a marathon in February of the next year. It was 26.2 miles. But I had to do something to make a decision. I made a conscious decision to take action, deliberate decision to create a new habit. I, had to, I, I didn't look like a runner. <laughs> I didn't feel like a runner. I didn't even want to be a runner. You hear what I'm saying? So we may not feel like a, that we have a ministry of reconciliation. Do you hear me today? We only got just a few more minutes. Hang with me. We may not feel like that we're a reconciler. We may not even want to be a reconciler. We may not feel like we have anything to say in it to anybody or if we have the ability to talk to somebody, but we do. It's in there. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. The gospel is the power of God and the salvation. And it's part of your purpose. It's part of your destiny. And as you're faithful over those things, amen, he'll begin to reveal more. So what did I begin to do? You know, I used to joke like everybody else. I'd say, well, if you see me running, it's because somebody's chased me with a gun. And I see those little stickers that said 0.0. That means, you know, you're not running anything. It's just 0.0. Then a year later, I had a 26.2 sticker on my truck. Amen. I ran five of them. So I began to get an image of what a runner did. What do they do? I started to make a plan from where I was to take a step. I ate different. I studied different. I studied running. I bought clothes and gear for a runner. I drove hundreds of miles just, just to run. Imagine that just to run a race. But I got up at 4.45 in the morning, four to five days a week, 4.45 a.m., four to five days a week, and I would run those days, sometimes three miles, sometimes five to six. But I, I trained to become better, become faster. I found a new group of friends. Now listen to this. I found a whole new group of friends that thought like me. They talked like me. They were heading in the same direction that I want to go in. They were runners. We met together in the mornings, encouraged one another. We talked about different things about running, learned about running. See, it was a whole new group of friends, and that's what happens to us. If you want to do something to accomplish somebody, something, find somebody that's accomplished what you want to accomplish. Amen. Miss Barbara, I know, has stepped out of direction to bake. Well, she's, you know, she worked for a lady. I guess it's okay to say this. She volunteered for a person that baked, and she didn't make a dime. She didn't ask to be paid, but she volunteered to help. Can I go do this? Can I run to the grocery store for it? Can I go buy some eggs? Whatever. She did all these things for him to learn things about baking. Amen. So we have to surround ourselves with people that are going in the direction that we want to go. Does that make sense? So I found a new group of friends that talked like me, did the things I want to do, ran faster than me, and I'd chase them. Amen. I finally beat this one, one girl that was faster than everybody. She was sick that day, though. I found out later, man, I thought I'd done something. But she, was, she had a cold and couldn't run too fast that day, but I beat her. Amen, in a little 5K race. <laughs> so we need to make a conscious, deliberate action plan to see ourselves as a reconciler, as an ambassador. That means planning times. Listen to this. We need to plan times to be Jesus with skin on. What does that mean? So we need to plan and make a, make a set a goal. Today I'm going to call somebody, and I'm going to be Jesus with skin on to them. You say, what in the world does that mean? Well, that means pick up the phone and call them and encourage them. That means go by and pay a visit. That means talk to somebody at the convenience store or grocery store and just encourage them. I don't mean prophesy to them. I don't mean lay hands on them and try to lay them out on the floor. I just mean to, to be an encourager. See, but it takes a conscious effort and decision that I'm going to do that on a daily basis. And if you do, guess what? In about 21 to 200 days, if you, do, if you make a decision on a daily basis, all of a sudden your mindset will change. You say, oh, I'm a reconciler. I, I'm, I'm an ambassador for Christ in the earth. And you just see yourself that way. Do you hear what I'm saying? You'll just see yourself that way. 
And it won't be something that you're making yourself do. It'll be a habit and you just can't wait to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. And what that is, is that's fulfilling two ways that you can fulfill your purpose and your destiny. That's the foundation and the bedrock for your purpose and destiny in this earth is right here in these two passages that I just read to you. But it takes a decision to renew your mind, to make a conscious uh, plan and purpose to be Jesus and deliberately invest into the life of somebody else. Deliberately invest into them. Through words, through a smile, through material things that the Holy Ghost leads you to do that. Then what you'll do is you'll form a new habit and your image will change and your purpose become evident. Hallelujah. You're valuable to the kingdom of God. Do you hear me today? He's counting on you. And it's something to be excited about. 2020 can be the best year that you've ever had. Be the most fulfilled year you've ever had. But it starts by being faithful where you are now, what God's, where he's placed you, and allow God to be the promoter. Amen. And then, and then make a deliberate, conscious effort to be Jesus to the earth. And it's going to be a decision. As many mornings, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to get up at 445 and go run when it was cold, freezing. I ran before when it was nine degrees. Imagine that. We got a picture where it was nine degrees. And we're going to receive the morning, uh, Sunday morning tithing offer. I'm going to go ahead and pass out the envelopes. Brother Dennis and Mr. Scott's got some if you need one while I'm sharing this. Uh, but we've got it. I saw it on Facebook the other day. Uh, a friend of mine that runs, and uh, he put our picture up there. It was nine degrees, and we were running. And when I got through, I looked down at my little uh, tie straps on my hoodie, and where the sweat had run down my tie straps, there was icicles hanging on it. <laughs> and people said, that's a little extreme, but you know, I enjoyed doing it. it. It was fun when I was doing it. And people said, well, what about your lungs? Did it hurt them? No, I was in condition at that point. I couldn't do it now. I was conditioned at that point where it didn't bother me. And... Uh, but, you know, that, that was extreme. But I, there was a lot of times I didn't want to do those things. Well, there's times where our flesh and the physical body, we won't want to do the things that God uh, may speak to us to do. You may be tired. How many of you had a long day before? How many of you worked hard and it was just a challenging day? Well, you don't feel like being Jesus to somebody. Just honest, do you? You don't always feel that way. But it, that's the reason it takes a decision to do those things and be willing. And after you do it, man, it's the best not that we go by feelings, but it's one of the best feelings you'll ever have. The best feelings you'll ever have is knowing that you were used by the master. Amen. You were a vessel that was used by the master to touch somebody's life. It's the best, it's, it's, the, it's the only fulfillment that you'll ever get. There's no drug, there's no alcohol, no relationship, nothing that'll fulfill you the way that being Jesus in the earth will do. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm excited about 2020. I'm excited about your purpose, our purpose, and some things we're going to do together. Amen? Hallelujah. We're going to touch lives. See, people, see, see people's lives change. We're going to disciple some people. Train up some people. Glory to God. Raise up some infants. Get them born again. Bring them into the kingdom and train them up and disciple them. Amen?